The time is now, no need to wait Uh-huh, celebrate, celebrate I Don't leave it up to fate Come on, celebrate, celebrate Good morning, welcome backwards to Bodhi Speak Tonight, today, whatever time it is, wherever you are listening to this I have Matt Canali sitting next to me My very good friend, hi Matt Hello Jerry, thanks for having me Good to see you Hello everybody so just a quick rundown on Matt Canali. I have known Matt Canali for over a decade now. I've lived in community with Matt Canali for over a decade. I have traveled the world with Matt Canali. We have been to Africa, Europe, the Middle East. We were in India together. Asia. We were in Asia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because we had tried to record this a few moments ago. And I forgot to hit record on Matt's voice. <laughs> but I'm kind of glad that I forgot now because I remembered now, just now, we had been in India together recently. We saw the Dalai Lama together, Matt. We did. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So we've seen the Dalai Lama together. You know what's also funny? It's the first time we recorded this five minutes ago. <laughs> we were talking about the Lama Festival we were at in Chile. And now I'm remembering that we saw the Dalai Lama together. And so it's a different Lama and a different festival for a different Lama, but it's still a Lama festival. <laughs> this is why we started over, just for a good Lama pun. I, I, <laughs> I, I had a feeling that the spirit was arranging in a certain way. And now my, uh, my inkling is confirmed. Okay, so we also were in South America together. We were in Hawaii together. Yep. We were in Canada together probably a few times. We've been all over the United States together. Uh, and yeah, so we've been good brothers for a long time. Matt is an epic musician, an epic visual artist, is recording a lot of amazing music right now, about to release an album. Matt is a community activist, has helped create meditation spaces uh, gatherings, retreats for people to come and have transformative experiences, practice yoga, meditation, learn about all kinds of practices. And is Matt is also one of the founding members of the Golden Drum community, the community that we are both a part of and studying under our teacher, Maestro Manuel Rufino. And uh, I'm going to let Matt share a little bit about his work now. As Go right ahead. Sure. I mean, that sums it up pretty well. I think my journey, if I had to encapsulate it, is trying to use my art and my creative expression as a tool to be able to awaken consciousness uh, in myself as a tool for my own healing, my own journey, mm -hmm. and hopefully creating things and working on things and putting my energy towards things that help people to uh, you know, awaken in their own ways. And you're recording an album right now. When is that going to be released? That's a great question, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not to make but, you feel bad or, you know, Well, the thing is, is that, you know, <laughs> it's one of those things where, you know, we're so busy. Yeah. We're, we're traveling new things come up, retreats happen, an elder comes, mm -hmm. uh, all the things that, you know, had happened. And I've been working uh, with several people uh, on the album who have been kind of my extra ears, who have been, you know, listening and helping me kind of make decisions along the way. And, mm -hmm. you know, now, for example, Brooke is 
traveling. Shoot. Right. And that's that's been interesting trying to like, you know, just find the people on the way. And uh, this whole album has been recorded during the pandemic. Okay. So there hasn't been a lot of opportunity for us to like, you know, go in a studio with a bunch of people, at least for right. like the first couple of years. It was just like, okay, we're here with these people and that's it. So I've had some recording equipment and done little stuff here on the land, going to a person's house, recording things. Um, the only thing we did in studio was percussion with my friend Trip Dudley, uh, who did an amazing job. And we've also been in touch with people who have been adding things remotely. So cool. we had violin and cello from people in Poland. Yeah. Uh, we've had trombone and trumpet from people like in upstate New York that I've never met. Very nice. <laughs> and uh, and it's just kind of gone like that. And it's it's been like an interesting process process because I've never made an album of my own music before. Uh-huh. I've had a little bit of experience in a studio with Dream Seed. Right. Um, Dream Seed is the band Sound Healing Ensembles, probably the the term we decided that Matt and I are a part of. Is is that what we decided the the Sound Healing Ensemble? I, I guess so. It's just okay. what's in the bio. Yeah, whatever, whatever. <laughs> we'll, we'll call it that. We'll have to have a meeting about it later. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting way to to create art because I've been so focused on visual arts for so much of my life, and mm. uh, to have to go into this form of art making and to just kind of discover the whole process of how much work goes into it. I imagine that there's, you know, ways if you throw a bunch of money at it, <laughs> all the ones they like, you know, you get all the musicians in the same place at the same time in a right. great studio with great engineers and, you know, people are like recording it and then mixing it and doing all the things at the same time. And we just really haven't had that luxury I did a Kickstarter campaign and, you know, we were able to raise a small amount, but really like it was nowhere near enough to be able to do that type of setup. So we've just kind of been, you know, going along, making it up as we go. But that's awesome though, because that's like what I think when I, when people, when people come to the community here in upstate New York, where we're a part of, I feel like what you just said there is kind of the essence of it is like, we're not a rich community. We're not like a bunch of wealthy people. We're like a bunch of DIY people that are like, all right, how can we just like revolutionize and transform everything around us and create something super epic with just a small amount? So I think I just want to shout out to say that even though maybe the album's taking longer than you would like, I just applaud your efforts in being like pushing it forward while still doing all these other projects and doing it on a low budget because... I just think that in and of itself is an effective and powerful message for people to know you don't need a lot of money or you don't, you know, you don't need to be, I don't know, Michael Jackson or whatever to accomplish your goals and tasks. I don't think Michael Jackson would be the perfect role model for most people. (laughs) (laughs) Go go on. (laughs) Well, I, I think I've definitely been inspired by different artists that I hear about. It's like, Oh, they just made their whole album in their bedroom. Like right, I watched a right. documentary on Billie Eilish and you know, her, her music is pretty interesting to me. It's not something that like I listen to like a lot, <laughs> but like I, I appreciate the artistry that goes into uh-huh. it and you listen to it and it's like, wow, that was all created 
inside their bedroom, brother and sister, just working on logic. And yeah. it's like, wow, okay. Like, you really can do it. And granted, they're super talented people that, like, have a lot of, you know, wonderful training. But it's just, it was inspiring to me. I was like, oh, you know, if I just learn some basic things, I could probably make something. And it doesn't need to be, you know, this incredible thing, but I've got this music swirling around in my head and these songs that have existed since, I don't know, some like Celebrate's been around since like 2016 or something like that. Uh And just like, wow, I need to put this stuff out there and just finally being like, okay, now we have some time. It's not the perfect situation, but at least we've got some space and we've got some time up here. Definitely. So... I I would like to think that I've been able to put it to good use and yeah, I'm really looking forward to being able to release this. I think we have most of the instrumentation done with the exception of these trumpet parts uh, that we're finishing right now. And then we're just going into backup vocals and harmonies and things like that. And, and you know, then it's just finishing touches because a lot of it's already mixed And I've just kind of been playing around with it as I've gone. And uh, it'll be interesting for people that have never actually heard my music. But (laughs) yeah, yeah. But it's it's uh, it's been really fun. I've been making making it just a meditation. I'll like walk around the block and I'll listen to the whole album as I walk around, just trying to notice like little things and just tuning in as I walk around just for, you know, an hour and then I'll be like, okay, okay, that's a little bit too loud. I'm hearing this instrument here, and mm-hmm. this needs to be punched up, and okay, we, this song just needs to be shorter because it's repeating too much, or whatever it is. And that's it's been a really cool meditation that's just allowed me to go really deep into the music, and um, I, I think I can honestly say that I'm like really happy with it, like. Uh, and like even after listening to these songs for <laughs> like a while now, I'm like, wow, okay, you know, this actually feels really good. And uh, I think as an artist, it's a really beautiful thing when you can be satisfied. Because I think so much in the culture, yeah, like, there's this like uh-huh. kind of obsession with like, <laughs> like I'm an artist and I'm gonna make this thing and then right. I'm gonna hate it right. two days later <laughs> and feel bad about it. And it's just like, nah, I, f- I feel like wherever these places, uh, wherever these songs have come from, it feels like in a place within me that's not like, it's not going away. Like it's still there. Like these things are still as real for me as they were when I wrote them. And I, I like making music that kind of has that, that quality, even though a lot of my stuff is poppy, Mm -hmm. like it, it still can fit within a contemporary space. It's like, um, I like to talk about things that are like more timeless and universal, like having a transcendental experience, but not getting like too attached into like some sort of psychedelic vision of something that's like, you know, too lost in, I don't know. Somebody's. esoteric craziness or something like yeah, that. Yeah, just like something that people wouldn't be able to relate to. Because right, right. when you release the machine elves, then it's like, it's all, it's all <laughs> the, well, the, the audience narrows significantly. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, uh, when you were saying that, you're like, oh yeah, well I really, I really haven't, 
you know, been doing this for very long and this is music that, and maybe like, it's not at, you know, the prime optimal level or something, but I was thinking about the song celebrate, for instance, every, I've always thought, I don't know. I probably told you, I've always thought that song is, feels like the next don't worry, be happy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's what, that's what that song feels like to me. It has that energy and that vibe of like, cause every time you play it, it's like the whole room, Every it just brings everyone into this place where everyone's almost in this, like, Bobby McFerrin, just like, just everyone's in the same vibe, and, and it's amazing. So just to give you props to that, and then I also just wanted to say one other thing before I want to ask you to sing some music is uh, it was funny you're saying that you feel good about it, and it's not funny, but that's great to hear that. Cause I remember the first time we went to play dream seed at alex gray's place i remember he was talking about the artist process and everything and he was like yeah you know every time the artist does something there's always that last moment where they look at it and they're like oh if i could have just a little bit more just tiny spot it would have been perfect but it's not and you know that that struggle so i'm i'm really happy to hear that you are have created some peace around that process of an artist being um not content with their work so that's great to hear that that's even possible i appreciate knowing that yeah i think it's something to strive for and i hear like dave Chappelle talk about <laughs> like his stuff they're like do you have like any jokes that you just like hate and he's like no nah, man i love my jokes uh-huh. and like that attitude like always struck me i was like that's probably how it should be like if we're right. further if we can do that and it's probably not going to be possible all the time there's just certain things that age differently than others and but i i feel like you know when we're when we are connecting to things that are transcendental like human experiences that we all share mm-hmm. and we're talking about it without the context of culture necessarily it's it's a lens that like can touch many different people and i feel like not for the sake of like being liked mm-hmm. but for the sake of like for me i want to have something that's positive for people impact and like, people yeah like i want them to listen to what i'm sharing and if they're spending the time to to listen to what i'm sharing i want it to be beneficial mm-hmm. in some way and i feel like it's it's been a great challenge because i think a lot of times as as artists it's easy to kind of go to the place of like like i was just at a at a festival woman the other day and she was going on about you know failed relationships and things that have happened and all of a sudden she starts singing these songs about you know this heartbreak and you know how this guy didn't follow through in agreements and all of these things. And I was like, you know, all right, you know, it's your, it's your right to be able to create music that helps you to heal. And at the same time, I'm also saying like, you know, like some of these songs that we create, that people will listen to over and over and over again. And if we're creating music about heartbreak and suffering and like all these things then those are the places and the stories that we tell ourselves potentially over and over and over again Mm. and it's like you know it's all it's everybody's right i mean it's a human you know experience to go through suffering and heartache and all these things 
but I feel like for me as an artist, I feel like some kind of responsibility to like, to do that work on my own, but not have the things that I'm sharing with the world be about like my own like drama. Cause I feel like yeah. we, we have enough drama. Like it's, it's interesting. Sure. Well, it's entertaining. Sure. But like, <laughs> could we ever have enough drama, Matt? Come on. Let's have Donald Trump come back for president. God bless us. <laughs> I, I think, I mean, I hear comedians talk about that too. They're like, yeah. they're like, let's be honest. It, it was more entertaining, but <laughs> it's like, okay, well, I mean, entertainment is fine and good and it has its place, but I feel like, but yes, um, I feel, I feel you though. There is, there is too much, melodrama and like poor me situation perhaps one could say yeah i mean to me it's just like what do we need more of like what do we what do i as a person what do i have to share that we actually like need as as human beings like you know and i think why we're both like so attracted towards like world music and you know these artists that are trying to touch upon the transcendent yeah Yeah, these things but that but that what i like about that is it's also uh it's music because i think music can encapsulate suffering from whatever the cause is whether it's like something traumatic or heartbreak or just whatever but i like that it has a transcendental aspect to it it's like you overcome it that to me just just to share my thought on that as i agree with you like I think if music wants to include like some of tools music, for instance, not all of it, but some of it has that aspect for me where I listen to it and I'm like, wow, I like how they're going into something that's difficult, painful, but then there's this moment of like catharsis. Yeah. So the catharsis, you know, and you could just start with the catharsis too. That's also great. Yeah. I feel like the solution based type of creativity, uh, that's definitely more helpful but uh i don't <laughs> i find myself like not listening to too much music these days <laughs> yeah I, which is I, I I interesting that. for me <laughs> i'm like what but it's also kind of helped my process i think a little bit more too because i've like just been able to be in the world of this album for a little while and uh it just it's just allowing me to kind of just tune into it and it's been really it's been really fun but like i'll i'll still like listen to krishna das or (laughs) listen to like sodom gar like i don't know just these people that just help me to you know find that place that you know are kind of touching upon these these same type of you know ideas that really resonate for me yeah and even with you know i'm just thinking about some of hindu mantras for instance as you mentioned krishna das uh, well, as this harmonium here is sitting in front of me, I have many, many memories of singing with you. You're playing the harmonium. And like some of these, some of the songs you've done in the harmonium, which are not your original songs, I'm thinking of, you know, the Hindu mantras and other traditional songs, they're like, there's kind of like, there's a dark energy there, but then it builds into something like of awe and beauty and epicness. Like, just like Shiva, Shiva, Shambo, for instance. It's like, Shiva, Shiva, Shambo. It's, you know, it's just like, it's <laughs> ominous, right? Like something's happening, you're calling in Shiva, but then it has that moment of like, just beauty and catharsis. And I have I have this distinct memory in my mind of us in California singing it and everyone was just up and dancing like crazy. So uh, 
that being said, <laughs> would you be open to sharing some of your original music on the ukulele here? Sure. Cool. And I'm going to turn my microphone off. Ready? <laughs> yes. Okay. So this one celebrate. I was biking across the Williamsburg Bridge, and I was just whistling to myself, and this melody, the... And then I just kept singing, celebrate, 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 celebrate. And then I just didn't know what to do with it because I've never written a song before. <laughs> and I, I said to myself, okay, if you stick around for a little while, I'll make something of you. And then I, I kept waiting. I was, you know, asking people to, you know, hey, I got this song I want to write. Can you help me? And there's nothing ever really popped up. And finally, I just said, you know what? Screw it. I'm, I'm taking my harmonium. I sat in the main space of Golden Drum and I just, I just uh, wrote the song. And then it wasn't until I went to Hawaii later that year that I realized, oh, I was looking at a wall of ukuleles and I was like, oh, this is a ukulele song. And I was like, I need to get a ukulele. <laughs> so I got a ukulele. And uh, yeah, this is what it turned into. Not too long ago, I was sad and confused. No matter what I did, I always seem to lose. Until one day, I looked inside and realized it was all in my mind. Uh-huh, celebrate, celebrate I don't leave it up to fate Come on, celebrate, celebrate The key and there's the door Tell me what are you waiting for Just open up and walk right through I No more time for being blue No more asking how or why It's enough to be alive so come on every girl and boy I make the choice to live in joy The time is now, no need to wait Uh-huh, celebrate, celebrate And don't leave it up to fate Come on, celebrate, celebrate
express your gratitude. Thank you, Bodhi Speak. Woo! The time is now, no need to wait. Uh-huh, celebrate, celebrate. Don't leave it up to fate. Come on, celebrate, celebrate. Stop waiting your whole life. Is to make your life a dance Celebrate life, celebrate peace Celebrate you, celebrate me Celebrate every day of the week Celebrate laughter, celebrate hugs Celebrate joy and celebrate love Celebrate all of the above Celebrate, celebrate Na 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 Uh huh Na 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 Hey hey love Na 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 Ooh 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 Na 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 Uh huh Na 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 Hey hey love Na 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 Ooh 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 Na 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 So free your mind and free your soul. It's never too late and you're never too old. So celebrate while we're still here. And fill your heart with joy and cheer. Awesome. I I was dancing as Matt was singing that. What I'm thinking about is, I remember a long while back ago, and you kind of mentioned this when you were talking in your bio, which is that you never really thought of yourself as a musician. You're like, no, I never really like saw that. But then this music was floating around in my head, and I had to get it out, and then it came out, and now it's becoming this whole thing. You have trombones on the album, which is just kind of a... I didn't even... It's insane. I would, I would never think of the <laughs> trombone, you know what I mean? <laughs> All the instruments. And it's funny, because you and I, usually when we, when we play music together at Dream Sea, we have about, not exaggerating, 200 different instruments laid out with with mm-hmm. six or seven of us and never has there been a trombone so i'm surprised and impressed to think <laughs> that you had thought to have a trombone on your album so that's great man but uh that so that just looking at like you know where you started being like yeah i'm not really a musician to being like oh you're now plugging in having a trombone on the album so that's that's quite a long <laughs> that's distance the level yeah. of excellence <laughs> <laughs> you've reached trombone status <laughs> but uh <laughs> what i want i wanted as i'm what I'm thinking about is all the people that uh, just don't see themselves as an artist or a creative person and are essentially denying themselves that. And because 
of a belief system and then they don't take the steps to perhaps of self-discovery to figure out oh wait a minute maybe i am like actually an artist and maybe or maybe i am a musician i have this song in my head like you did riding on the williamsburg bridge uh can you provide some context advice your own experience however you want to let it unfold of what is the process for uh discovering that you have something inside of you even if you have never had the formal training or someone coming up to you and being like, oh, you're really a musician or an artist, but you're just making the decision to say, okay, I'm going to do it. And just what that process has been like for you and what advice you could give people. Well, I would say that it's different for everybody. I mean, everybody has their own thing to say. And I think when I was in college, I honestly didn't know what that was. I had I knew that I liked painting but I was like in order to be a painter like you kind of have to have something that you want to say you need like a, you know an artist statement about why you made this thing even if you know if somebody's looking at it they can't figure it out why like <laughs> why you would have done this you know yeah and uh, I I was always so confused I think by that whole paradigm of art that we've created in you know galleries and things like this and I, I always felt a little bit dumb I was like maybe I'm just not smart enough but you you went to <laughs> you went to one of the top design visual art schools in the country right I mean RISD is yeah Rhode Island School of Design that's that's what they say I mean it is the top right <laughs> it's one of the it's one of the best ones out there yeah. apparently you know but you felt that and way. I I mean I really enjoyed my education there okay. to be perfectly honest I felt like I gained a lot um, I had the blessing to have a lot of great teachers that opened me up to a lot of different perspectives and mm-hmm. um, ways of approaching art and problem solving in terms of you know approaching things visually and sculpturally and you know color and like all these things i i just i i just took full advantage of my education there but it's interesting going to a school like that and then coming out and then being immersed into indigenous traditions because it's it's like you know you have the woman in willendorf which is like one of these you know classic art history pieces okay and they're like okay this comes from this part of the world but like it it's all like theorized it's like okay it's a fertility goddess right mm-hmm. but it's like okay like what what about beyond that like what, what were the traditions of these people like what, what why were they creating this art you know it's all mm-hmm. it's all theoretical but we have like all these cultures on the planet right now that are still connected to this way of creating sacred art because it helps them to connect to this transcendental right. realm of things and it, it has it has nothing to do with like this you know intellectual way of approaching art and being like okay this comes from this dynasty and you know it was made in this period and you know and it was you know you can contribute these type of characteristics to the art and these type of qualities and and mm-hmm. it's just like all this like ultra categorization of things and it's like i guess it has its place in everything but if we're just like pulling up a catalog of of art in our mind and we're not actually it's like this this external reference of what art is without trying to 
like look within ourselves to find out what that is and like also not just what's inside of us but like how we're connecting to that that force that realm that's beyond us and for me like in art school that wasn't even really like part of the conversation so much that's just to interrupt that that to me is fascinating so there was never like a discussion of like the mystical dimension that art is supposed to connect you to at one of the top design schools in the country i mean personally it, again yeah. i i went into illustration so I, <laughs> <laughs> we weren't like getting into like yeah, too many so. mystical things right right although you know but you there's plenty of level. stuff there yeah. i mean if you if you look if you're looking for it you can find it right but i felt like it was all like very intellectual for me okay. and and it, and it was just like again that point in my life where i was like i don't really have anything i want to say so much like i'd rather just become highly proficient at creating art so i like did you know life drawing for hours every week you know looking at models um you know working from still lives and you know all this kind of stuff so like Mm, you know in terms of skill and, and like drawing from observation creating from observation painting from observation you know I became highly skilled at that and then it wasn't until like I got out of school that I like realized I was like how do, how do I create stuff just from my head <laughs> and then like this is like too much technique basically is it, that kind of what well I think I I think I kind of overdosed in the technique yeah. in, in a way but it was it was good that I did that because it's it's hard to kind of like outside of a school setting to get the technique. At least, oh, sure, yeah. At least, you know, some people might Definitely. argue that. But at least for me, like the resources that I had at RISD to be able to like, you know, study art and that type of thing. But anyways, back to your question. What I, what I would say is that like there, it depends on each person, like what they actually want to say. Like, I feel like, for me, I could do all the art I wanted, but until I really started going deep within myself, I didn't have much that I really wanted to say because I felt like in the end, I was just repeating what the culture was giving to me Right. because I wasn't trying to look for anything, you know, really original inside my head or inside my being or wherever it is that it resides or <laughs> beyond me because I was just, you know, so f like caught up in the, in the culture of what was being, what was around me. Which, I mean, I think most people are just, you know, have to deal with because it's like, it's there. We're being saturated by culture, especially now with like... Crazy saturated. Yeah. I mean, to, we're drowning in it. <laughs> I mean, like, it's like, you know, if I, 200 years ago it was not like this where it's like every second you could look up 5,000 images in your brain. Yeah. On your, uh, in your pocket. It's like, it's insane. Yeah. So. Like when, when I was at the summer program at RISD, we literally had there was this place and you go and you would ask it was like a catalog of of just clippings from magazines and books and illustrations and if you wanted a reference you literally had to go through these filing cabinets that were labeled by different things it was like google images but like externalized <laughs> just like like clippings from national yeah. geographic and stuff like that like if that's if you wanted to reference that which that's what you had to do right because there was no google like, i think about that sometimes but like it's uh i i love being able to have that that access to it now but at the same time i feel like um it, it's uh like for me I am constantly trying to like 
especially in my painting now, like use references, but to like put my own, like challenge myself. It's like, okay, like, like for instance, with my deer, I'm doing a painting of a deer right now. And it's like, okay, I want to get the anatomy right, but I want the, the deer to be striped and glowing and like shining like iridescent light onto cactuses around it. Uh-huh. And it's like, how do I capture that? Like, there's no references for that, really. I have to just kind of like, you know, meditate about it and just do little moves here and there to see what's, you know, what's working, what's not. And, you know, slowly it becomes more and more of an intuitive process. But I I think everybody's an artist. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think that any of us are, are here without some sort of creative spark. And like... I feel like, you know, maybe I have more of that than most people in a way. Just by looking around and like, you know, like I don't don't know many people who are like trying to create music and that. But in in a way, it's it's like difficult. I think, you know, it's I think it's difficult, but it's also like it's difficult to for people to frame themselves as capable of doing that. That's part of the thing that almost I think is the most difficult is for someone just to have like almost the courage to say like okay I'm going to create something and then for instance you were saying that you were like yeah I feel good about what I've created I think a lot of people create things and then just feel pretty like shy embarrassed or like you know just not up to they don't feel like it's up to standard or something like yeah. that and then but I like what you're saying that a key thing is that to really dig deep into yourself that's really the only way it's almost kind of in a certain sense of a funny opposite way. It's like if you want to create something externally, first thing to do, you just need to go deep within. Yeah. To find something worth coming out to share with. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I can't think of any great artist that like didn't have some sort of discipline to be able to like, you know, go within or some sort of way of like creating that space to, to go within. Nobody was just kind of like, regurgitating things i don't know i'm sure there's some people that faked it but (laughs) but um but yeah i mean it's it's a journey it's 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 a beautiful process and i i like for instance like when i was growing up i was lucky enough to be one of those kids that my art teacher was like he's he's got something right like i don't know we were like gluing paper mache to like pieces of paper and i made a ninja turtle that was better than other people's ninja turtle and uh-huh. <laughs> they were like they're like this kid's got it and i was like all right look, look at me <laughs> and i i i just kind of went with it i was like okay and i i don't know i guess i was like a a pretty confident little kid um and i just ran with it i think i think i just believed the story but i feel like it's just a story like i feel like if because I look at my sister, because I was told this thing, like, you're an artist. And then my sister was with me, and she was being compared to me. And then she didn't have people telling her that she was an artist. Uh-huh. And sometimes I wonder, because she has a, an amazing mind, and, and uh, you know, I think she's she got caught up in the story of, like, oh, I'm not an artist, my brother is. And, like we kind of put these people on pedestals and categorize people. Yeah. And box like, people into things. like, Oh, that's your gift. Right. And, you know, and I think one of the nice things about 
being in this community is really having that opportunity to be exposed to cultures that view art in a completely different way. When it's not, it's not about the ego. It's not about like, you did this great thing. It's like, okay, spirit's coming through you and you're working and like expressing something that's like already there or like, you know, we're all making art. Like it's not, it's not just you making art. It's the community making art. Like, yeah, maybe somebody's more skilled at a specific type of style, but it's something that we all do because we're all sharing in this process and it's beneficial. And, you know, when we come together and we, you know, when one person sings a song, you know, it can be special, but the power of a whole room of people or a whole village of people singing the same song is just more powerful. Like, there's an energy there that you can't deny. And it's not about, like, singing good. It's not about singing better than somebody else. Right. It's just about the process of expressing one's own spirit and, like, what's alive in your soul and just you know, embracing that. And that's like, it's, it's not about good or bad. It's just like that, you know, that works. And I think for some people it's, it's their medicine. Like that's like music is something that they carry as a medicine. Yeah. And then some people, it's just something that is a medicine for them that like, as a listener, you mean that works or, or yeah, as a listener, uh, but I what, what do you mean the difference between someone who carries it as a medicine and for someone else it's just a medicine? Or a, that's more or less how you framed it, but what do you mean? Well, like, you know, certain people it feels like, okay, it's it's like, for instance, your mission, like one of your missions in life is to share music and to sing yeah, and to, you know, play instruments and share that as something that you carry as a person. And But that might not be everybody's thing. You know, maybe it's, you know, for... For them, music is something that they do, you know, in private, reciting mantras, and that's their relationship to it. But, like, I I think one of the main things that I want to express to people is that, like, it's open. It's open to you. It doesn't matter what people say in terms of, like, whether you are an artist or not. It's like, okay, you're a human being. Like, Mm. you're alive and there's something alive in you. And, like, don't. Don't be, you know, don't feel like you have to go, you know, aspire to Carnegie Hall or, you know, like, Definitely, you know, hang yeah. art in the Metropolitan Museum. It's like, it's not about that. It's just about like, like, I don't know, we, we did a retreat recently and we were sharing some music and this woman was just like, you know, your music like inspired me and helped me to realize that that's something that I really want to do. Right. And that like, like, it's not from a perspective of like, Oh, like I need to make a, I need to make great art, like whatever that is. She's just like, she, <laughs> right. she was just like, I was singing along with you, and it felt amazing, and I trust that. And like for me, that like got to the heart of it for me, because I was just like, that's what I want people to realize. Like if it's for them, if it's the medicine that they want to like connect to, and it's something that heals them and makes them feel alive, then like go for it. Like if music doesn't do it for you, then don't do it. But like. Don't do it because you're, you've been told that you're something else. Like, like for just for people to have that honest investigation into like what their relationship to music is and then to be able to explore it and to be supported in that process. 
you know, like with this this woman now who's like on her you know own journey to like you know sing more and find more music that's you know helpful for her. I'm like I'm like yeah, let us know how we can help. Like let's keep going. Yeah, and I like what you were saying about a group of people in a room singing together is so powerful because we just had, we just had, you know, did a retreat like a week, two weeks ago or something like that. We were out in Oregon and just talking to the group about, about this process that when there's a group of people such as us living in community that discipline themselves to study whatever the song is, doesn't have to be something complicated, it be something very simple. Just, Omani Padme Hum, for instance, it's super simple. But when everyone in the room collectivizes their attention and their focus and their voice and they come together and they sing that, it's so powerful as opposed to just one person singing, you know, about their heartbreak situation. (laughs) (laughs) It's like when you have the whole group going, the force of it is just uh, literally mind blowing is the way that I I would describe it. And so, uh, yeah, I like what you're talking about that there's this indigenous perspective that the art is a vessel and a gateway and a vehicle to the transcendent. And then there's something in addition that happens when you have the collective collectivization of that and the concentration of that. And that in itself can make art a spiritual practice. And that's just a beautiful thing. And I, I like what I just like also what you're saying about how uh the woman was inspired to just use the voice and not to like become Britney Spears. <laughs> and, and, and like, I think that's, you know, and it's a funny thing. Cause and my guess, most people who are listening to this probably wouldn't be like thinking to themselves, they need to become the next American idol. But I can say from my own experience, I don't know if you've had something similar, but there's a moment where you're like learning something and the thought that you're never going to be as good as you could be had you started earlier in life can become such a detriment like in the present moment. I've had that I, for myself personally, I've had that where I'm like, oh, man, if I just, you know, someone taught me like the guitar when I was like 12, <laughs> I would have been like rocking by now. But instead, I'm 32 and I'm still trying to figure out this and that. But uh, but what you're saying has is a very important thing to remember on that path, which is it's like it's not about a show. It's not about amplifying yourself but it's about the connection yeah and the felt presence of the vibration of it yeah it's it's no longer about a distraction from life and i think that that was one of the biggest takeaways for me like being exposed to you know different traditions and and uh you know groups that are out there that are sharing music in this way is that it's it's it has nothing to do with that they're not they're not thinking about the top 40 you know <laughs> they're somewhere else they're like you know they're you know spending 40 days fasting and, <laughs> and then seeing what happens yeah and it's uh it's it's really beautiful to see when that that detachment from the ego takes place and it's just it's just like i'm i'm just going to sing to god like i'm just going to sing to krishna or you know, whatever deity it is, like that whole thing for me was like, wow, like that's that's a whole different way of uh, approaching music because it's not like I'm not trying to be famous. You know, maybe at one time, like I wanted to do that, 
It was like an interesting idea. I was trying to encourage you by telling you the song is uh, like, don't worry, be happy. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I saw, I've always envisioned that song, you know, uh, just being on the radio. I remember being like, oh, this is cracking. And then they all of a sudden like, oh, I'm going to pick up yoga now. <laughs> that's also, I think that's what the Beatles, they kind of tried to do that on a certain, I mean, George Harrison, right? Because he was singing. It's like they tried to kind of like interject spiritual mantra into the pop yeah. culture. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing what, what people have been able to do to kind of like open up the culture to where it is now. Right. You know, to see how many people are, you know, have been exposed to mantra and kirtan. Just like even in the past 10 years, like the exponential growth of, of interest and just having that be like a normal part of the, the conversation, uh, it seems like wow, it's just it's just everywhere, in a lot of senses. I mean, there's still you know a long way to go, but <laughs> but I think the amount of freedom that we have to you know approach music and share it in this way is really beautiful. Um, like when I first started getting into things, I I had a lot of resistance because I was coming from you know this mindset of like oh you know I'm only into music that sounds like this and you know I like. Led Zeppelin and whoever else is like, <laughs> you know, because that was like, that was my like ideal growing up. Like Led Zeppelin was up on the altar and like, <laughs> like trying to, you know, anything that could get close to that. I don't know why, but that was just <laughs> for Led me. Zeppelin is awesome. They're just, they're just gods. <laughs> yeah. And then I was, I think, uh, you know, Brooke was trying to get me to go to a Krishna Das concert and I was, I, she was like, I was like, oh, what does he sound like? And she played some of the music, and I was like, eh. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, you know, it sounds, it, I don't know if I really like it that much. And she was like, if you, if I pay for the ticket, will you go? I said, if you really, if you really want me to, I'll go. And I went, and we went to the Church of Saint Paul and Saint Andrew, where we had the first Heart and Mind Festival. Uh-huh. And I remember going there, and. You know, just kind of sitting like, a little begrudgingly, and then he started singing. And at a certain point, I just was like, you know, weeping <laughs> to myself. Really, like, like le- legitimately, like you legitimately, really, like wow. you like so deeply moved because you know I can feel him singing in a way that had nothing to do with like I hope these people like what I'm what I'm doing. Yeah, and it was more about just this you know connection to something beyond himself, and you know knowing him more a little a little bit more now you know feel him like wanting to you know share to you know the deity but also like it was he it was his he was singing to neem Karoli baba yeah. and i could feel that just that devotion and that that energy was just so powerful for me because i don't think that i was ever really exposed to it in that way and i was like wow i, I think i i think i got it or at least a piece of it enough for me to like go out the next week and buy a harmonium. <laughs> uh-huh. And then, you know, the rest is history. But it's, uh, I think when we have that opportunity to, to witness, you know, how people can use music that's beyond this, like, oh, that's, you know, this sounds really good. And, um, you know, it's like, oh, that's kind of catchy or, just beyond like the you know the way that we've been trained in this culture to respond to music it's like oh it's all about that hook it's all about that you know beat or whatever it is um 
and I feel like, you know, I'm still a product of that. And that's why, like, I think some of my music sounds the way it does because, like, I can't, I can't completely divorce myself from it. But you know who else? You know who else does that? Is um, I remember reading an interview that uh, Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails does that, <laughs> which I it just it's another example of uh, let's see, what's the word? Uh, a juxtaposition where you have something that's totally in the opposite of pop music. You know, like dark, grungy industrial yeah. music, but like because the person you know grew up listening to pop music, they incorporate that into it. Just like you can incorporate, uh, well, for instance, the Hunikun music to me has a kind of pop feel to it on some, uh, not all of it, but yeah. like the way that they have the guitars and things going. There's moments where you just kind of feel like you're sort of at a rock concert, <laughs> and like you're like, okay, but but there's but then I think there's something profoundly effective about that. Uh, and I personally like to combine hip hop elements into world music and like devotional music. And there's something about that that's highly effective because you have that groove in the catch uh-huh. and the hook, which which drags the person in. But then it has the depth of something like ancient from using different languages, or or in your case, having a transcendental concept or something like that. Yeah, I, I've the the thing is for me, like, you know, I mean, I've I've been on whatever you want to call it this spiritual you know path for like 14 years now and i still feel like a baby in a lot of ways but like i'm not in the same place where i started right and like but for me to like you know i have a lot of hesitation about like just going really deep into like all the things that i'm exposed to without like trying to to keep it grounded in in some sort of form that I can't bring other people along for the ride, you know? So for me, like, I want to, like, I I like pop music. Like, I still listen to pop music. I'll go in the car. I'll turn on the radio. Like, I don't, I, I very rarely do I listen to Spotify in the car but it's also just because, like, I have a really old car. <laughs> uh-huh. I still have to roll the windows down. It's like a 2002 Chevy Cavalier. <laughs> I'm still trying to understand the radio. The radio, to me, doesn't make sense. Of, like, it, I always reflect back. It's like nowadays we have all the music of all traditions, of all cultures from forever, and still we have to listen to ZZ Top. I just don't. <laughs> Anyways, go on. But, I mean, for me, it's like, you know, why... I go to the movies sometimes or why I watch certain movies is like, I want to, I want to know like what people are listening to. Like what is, what is the, you know, the language that that people are listening to? Like what are, like, I want to listen to Billie Eilish because I'm like, what is that all about? Like, why are, why are young people so interested in in that type of music? Like, I want to, I want to understand like, what is what is the vibration of that like what is it carrying and like why is it attractive and not so i can like emulate that not so i can copy that but i want to like i want to be able to share music in a way that like is not just for spiritual people like that's not my intention at all i don't want to make spiritual people more spiritual like that like yeah. to me that just sounds like a recipe for for disaster anyways because <laughs> spiritual people are already too spiritual but <laughs> but i i want to like you know like one of my main intentions is to make music that like a family could listen to and have there be like no situation about it just 
because of the content. I mean, I'm sure I'm not, I'm not expecting everybody to like it, but at least in terms of the content, there's so much music that like adults listen to that they wouldn't listen to around their kids. Mm. And like, for me, that's like, it's kind of confusing. Like what's, what's happening in the music that's like, that you don't want your own children to listen to. Like, why are you listening to it if you don't want your children to listen to it? And like, you know, it's, it's, you know, to each their own, like there's no judgment about it. But for me, like, I love the idea of like families coming together and listening to music together. And, you know, for me, like Billy Joel and Elton John were like the people that we listened to in, in our house. And I feel like, you know, I've always been like I haven't like continually listened to them over and over like throughout the years. I'm like I'm not like a diehard Billy Joel fan uh-huh. or Elton John, although I do enjoy their music. But I think like the the interesting thing about musicians like them is just how like how wide their their reach was and like how how they appealed to so many different types of people. And that's always like an interesting thing f- to, to notice and for me it's like um, I just want to you know share I think positive things with people and not like and not just make positive things for like people that like to chant mantras right although I think I'll probably wind up doing things like that eventually but for now like I feel really happy about yeah creating music that you know like an old person who turns on the radio (laughs) who has like you know just you know no real frame of reference can listen to my music and be like oh wow that's great like we we went to uh hillary my wife we went to her um we just got married yay it was <laughs> um, I was drumming for your for you guys when you were doing uh, you were singing to each other and I was completely off key and it, or I was off, off time and it was I was really happy I had sunglasses on because I I just it, it, it released me from all the embarrassment that I felt and I just had a huge smile on my face and I was like you know what? I just have to laugh at myself right now that I can't keep time with a lot of things so <laughs> Good times was, at your wedding. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> it was great. Um, but we played we played music for her grandfather, who's like ninety six now or something, and we uh, were like, "Hey, right, Grandpa, we're gonna play some music for you." And he's like, "Oh, okay, okay, okay." And you know, we took out our our instruments and uh, I started playing "Celebrate." We led with that, and uh, <laughs> and. After listening for like 20 seconds, he just picks up his phone. Like we're not even there and he just like starts calling somebody. And we're like, we're like, this is not going well. <laughs> he's already Ooh. checking out. He's forgotten we're here. <laughs> and uh, he gets in the phone. He's like, hey, Sally. Yeah, it's Clayton. You got to get up here. I got some real top shelf, top flat talent up here. You got you to come listen to him. And then I was like, okay, good. So he's like, he's actually enjoying it. But it was like, like, and then when he invited us back, you know, a few days later to just play for all of his friends at the home there. And it was wonderful because, you know, we were just sharing a bunch of the songs that, that we know and, you know, that we've written and, 
just to be able to share that and see like, wow, even people, you know, in their eighties and nineties are like tapping their toes There you go. and just listening to stuff. I was like, that makes me feel great that like the, the stuff that I'm working towards creating, you know, has that ability to like touch somebody's heart. Like even, you know, mm-hmm. you know, no generational gap. Yeah, exactly. No, no issue with that. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, it's not always realistic, probably. Um, but, you know, I was raised on like, you know, like Glenn Miller and like big band stuff. My grandparents would only listen to that when we came over for like Christmas and Thanksgiving. And, you know, Benny Goodman would be playing in the background. I, I and no idea who these people are. For it's just like all big band music. <laughs> big band music. That is just that. Like, <laughs> just all every every holiday was yeah. that. Um, and I and I loved it. And I like played the saxophone when I was a kid and, and all these things. And, I was in a ska band, you know, probably for that, like one of those reasons, like, cause I just connected with, you know, big band music and then, you know, jazz and all this stuff. And, and it's, it's interesting to like, you know, I, if I was, if I imagined myself making music, I don't think that like when I got out of college, I would have expected like having an album with like cello and like violin uh-huh. well, and maybe- like saxophone, trombone, trumpet. Now and, like, we understand why you had a trombone big band music yeah it's all it's all connecting back okay so things are not are not uh random this is the thread the thread connects back to something i want to uh ask you some questions about unrelated related topic community things so like part and the reason why you know one of the reasons i had having you come on having other people come on is uh living here you have to be someone that is in a very healthy way, a little crazy, because it's difficult environment Absolutely, to be in. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, good. Right, good. I, I was thinking to myself, maybe I shouldn't tell him he's crazy. And like I've said, <laughs> but, but like, you have to be a little crazy to live here, and you have to be very much an activist. You have to be very much someone that is uh, not. It's funny you say that because I don't think of myself as an activist. You know, I, I didn't for a while either. But then I was, as I was doing the podcast, I was like, look, I was talking about the things that we're doing. And I'm like, we are the definition of an activist. Is it just because we're not, we're doing what other people aren't doing? <laughs> we take, we take action. <laughs> we're doing, we're like, okay. For I mean, what is a community activist? They organize people to do something in, in, you know, not from like the political sense, but like you're challenging the social norm. Like we're, I mean, just looking down the street, we're definitely not really in, we're definitely not uh, reflecting back the socially normative behavior uh-huh. as our neighbors. Although we are very much in harmony, I would say these days our neighbors. Uh-huh. I had Danny come over and fix the lawnmower. <laughs> <for instance. laughs> but, but my point is just that we, I, I like to look at what we're doing is that we are community activists. Not politically oriented, but yeah. we're, we're, we're in the, we're in the spirit of initiating like change and but through like consciousness and uh what you're talking about through the music of bringing everybody together where it's uh it's inclusive it's not like a you know us versus them type situation it's very much like let's come together right now (laughs) but uh 
I wanted to kind of just ask you, like, what got you inspired into coming into community and being this deeply entrenched in it and dedicating your life as deeply to it? Because I just know for myself personally, it's been extraordinarily rewarding, but like extremely difficult and totally trying in an epic way and something that I just know everyone who's a part of it has something really unique to share because it's just it's the kind of environment it like looks like one thing but then as deeper you're in it you're like whoa this is intense (laughs) (laughs) but at the same time that's why it's so rewarding so i just want to hear a little bit like what got you inspired to get involved in it and remain involved in it yeah that's a good question i think part of it for me was that i tried living by myself uh and living with my partner at the time in Brooklyn and just realizing that I still felt like it wasn't working. It's like, you want to meet your friends, you got to go to the bar. You got to like, you know, like the way that the culture is structured for you to have community, you need to like be participating in like, you know, all these other things. And, it's like you have to go outside of your home to experience community. Right. And it's like, well, why can't your home be communal? Like, why why is that a bad thing? It seems like, you know, when you hear people talking about it, it would be, you know, beneficial. But it is challenging at the same time. And like, like any kind of system of governance or whatever, like, you're not going to have something that's perfect. But you know, it will have its pluses and minuses. Like for me, you know, I think the advantage, at least being an artist living alone is that you can just do what you want. You can create your own schedule. You don't have to like work around other people's stuff. Yeah. And like when we first moved into Golden Drum, I think a lot of us thought that's what it was going to be. Like, oh, we're just artists living with artists and we're just, you know, have the space to ourselves and we can do whatever we want. And then it, it kind of was like that for a little while. And then, uh, you know, the, the family moves in upstairs with the, a one-year-old. And that's what shifted it? <laughs> and then, well, I think that had a, had a big, it was a big wake-up call for us because it's like, wait, you're in community now. Like, this is what community is. Oh, just like, like you can't to, yeah, You can't just do what you want all the time. Right. And, okay, now you need to right. consider other people, which is right like, yeah. which is a great benefit if you're interested in growing up as a person. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. it's like, you know, whether it's, you know, learning with your family, which you can, you know, just go right into you know, finding a, a partner, making a baby, and then having to learn like, oh, wait, there's this other person besides us and now we need to like put our own stuff aside and then we have to learn this all with our baby or we can be exposed to that through living communally and living in such a way where it's like okay i need to take other people into account like it's not just my own little story my own little world and my own projects and things like this like wait i'm i'm affecting everybody around me and i need to think about that i can't just you know jump into things without taking that into account that like okay i i i'm living and experiencing life with all these people around me 
they have their own needs, their own goals, their own jobs, their own lives. And it's like, okay, how, how can we all live together? And for me, it's, it's been a great process to get out of my own stuff where it's like, okay, like, how do I, how do I consider what somebody else is going through and how can I like be of service? And I think that for me, service wasn't a thing that I was really all that concerned with until I started living in community because it's like, okay, how can I, you know, help spend my time and energy to come together to create something that's beyond me as an individual? Because like Golden Drum, like you probably, if somebody was really determined and focused, they, you know, people have, you know, individually come together and just decided, okay, I'm going to make a community center. And it has happened. But from my experience of living in Golden Drum, the the benefit of having like-minded people come together in cooperation to build something together is really wonderful. Because, well, first of all, for us, it wasn't about money. So yeah. like that made things a lot easier, I think. The downfall that I see in a lot of communities is like, oh, we're going to create this community and we're just going to, you know, have this business and then we're all going to make money from it. And it's like, if that's the focus, then, you know, and that's what you want to do. Like, you know, I'm I'm not here to say, like, don't do that. But what I've observed in our community is like, if the discipline and the practice and that connection to spirit like wasn't at the forefront of what we were trying to do together then it would have imploded many times over since then definitely like because it's like it's not about you know like somebody coming forth and being like you know oh i know and like everybody listen to me it's it's about coming together as a community as difficult as it is at times because it's never perfect but it's like, hey, we're we're all you know here, trying to create something special together, and it's it's not about any one of us individually. It's about you know what we can create as a collective, and then you know once we're able to get grounded with Golden Drum, creating the cafe, the restaurant, the Jungle Cafe in Brooklyn, which is still open during the made it through the pandemic, which is a an achievement in and of itself. A testament. <laughs> And then, you know, we expanded to the land up here, uh, which we're on now. I was talking to someone the other day about a community that had come together with more of like an idea of creating a business around it. And it had imploded. And what the person said, the reason was is because although they come together with the intention as well to start a community around it, they got with each other and realized like, oh, we don't want to live in community with these people this is them (laughs) saying it you know reflecting it back to one another and uh the group split and they and they left and everything and that i thought was just like a very that was a really fascinating thing because i remember i went to sonic bloom festival playing music there and like in a really small way in colorado and there's you know a bunch of hippies coming together and they're talking about let's start to get land and get a community going and i was like oh i'm already already been part of that not not the one like actively leading it but i'm part of it and i was just reflecting on like the level of discipline that's needed to not get into a situation of being like i don't want to live with those people i don't want to be in community with those people 
I'm not going to participate because of those people. <laughs> like and like like what you said, if it, if it's if it's centered centered around finance, like how could it possibly work? Because the reality is, if you spend enough time with anybody, well, not anybody, but like most people, you spend enough time with them, and you're in doing deep, deeply difficult work, regardless of if it's a business or if it's spiritual work or creative work. It's like the nature is to like. You saw that movie with Queen, about Queen, yeah. Freddie Mercury. It's like every every good song they made, it was like over. They were about to kill each other. <laughs> <laughs> like they were literally just about to kill each other. That was what prompted every positive song they made. Yeah. So, uh, what have you learned about human cooperation through this process and not succumbing to that? Aside from what you already just shared, which also encompassed an answer to that question but just that's something that's coming to me i would i would like for you to talk about human cooperation well i feel like detachment has a lot to do with it like if if you're if you're just doing things and you want to have like some sort of recognition or you want to like you know like be like hey i did this more than other people and mm. i should be given more or you're like expecting something out of it like at least in the way that we've you know kind of done things here like it's it's community living is, is probably going to be pretty difficult for you <laughs> uh -huh. and it's it but in that sense it's like it's a great exercise because it's like you know it's not doing something because we want something for ourselves but realizing that we have some gift that can be of service to the community and like like for me it's it's been like kind of an adjustment like living up here on the land because i was coming from you know being a pretty successful uh self-sustaining uh freelance designer and animator and during the pandemic a lot of that just disappeared and like i i you know, haven't been getting you know too much work and i just kind of like was like oh let me find some work and i like went out there and tried to find stuff and for whatever reason and it's happened before you know just things aren't there and i was like okay well what what do i what do i do like what, what can i offer and um you know I, I went i went uh next door and was like hey you know do you, do you guys need help you know with the kids and i was like i have this time you know i could you know keep going on the job boards and all this kind of stuff but i was like okay let me just, I could, I could probably take care of kids. I haven't, I haven't done too much of it, but let me yeah. try. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's, it's paid me back exponentially. Right. Like so much just from like the joy that I've experienced hanging around kids more. Like it's, it's just enriched my life personally in a way that like, you know, I'm, I'm so happy that I've gotten to spend more time with the, the children here on the land and, and uh, they just teach you so much. Like, they just teach you so much about yourself and, mm -hmm. you know, how we're, like, you know, creating these stories all the time. And, then, like, all of a sudden they start spitting the stories back to you and you're like, oh, wait, okay. <laughs> like, you're, you're just, you're like, observing it. That, but, like, for yeah. me, it's, it's like, you know, what do you, what do you have to give instead of, like, getting caught up? Because I could get caught up very easily and, like, oh, man, like, I, you know, I need to find work and, you know, I am spending time doing that. But... And like now I'm painting 
and doing more painting than I've ever done. And for some reason, that's the thing that's opening up right now. So I'm just like, okay, I'm going to paint more like that. That's what I'll do. And, um, but in the meantime, it's like not getting so caught up in our own stuff. Cause we can like, and if we're given the opportunity to most of the time, you know, like that's where we go to, like whatever the problem is, then we can get stuck in that thing. But like once we open ourselves up to like be just more flexible with our energy and the way that we're looking at things, it's like, yeah. wait, like, yeah, you're caught up in this thing, but they're chopping wood across the street and, and winter's coming. Like uh-huh. <laughs> you have, you have some time to give. And then it's like, okay, but I have all these things. It's like, okay, just go do it. And then afterwards you just feel good. And then it's like, okay, great. Like I, I saw, a, you know, I saw a quote recently. I'm glad you just said that. Cause I saw a quote that I, th- I think it was from Benjamin Franklin of all people. But he said, if, if you want something to get done, ask a busy person to do it. And I was like, that's, that's perfect response. It's like the more, and that's what I, what I found to uh, go off what you're talking about. When you're just, when you're in a community situation, the thing is so alive and so dynamic and so active and the parts that are moving are like infinite that you have to just be in a place of, for me personally, it's like sharpen my mind to be like with time management and how I'm focusing things. And, but also this deep sense of what you're talking about with detachment not just in terms of like an egotistical status thing, but also like, okay, I'm going to do as much as I can, but it's also impossible to do it all. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to like detach and try to find peace knowing that my expectation will not meet my actual performance in terms of what I'm able to offer or provide. Or, you know, recently I've been finding that with the addition of having a kid, which emphasize what you're talking about. I, I also found that the more time I spent with children in the community, that's what made me decide I wanted to have a kid. Never wanted to have one. But yeah. then I have, being around kids, like, oh, yeah, this thing, this, these things are cool. <laughs> <laughs> They're highly entertaining. Okay. It's probably no work at all. No big deal. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I found out with having a kid, it's like, okay, uh, someone is going to be a little upset with what I do just someone because there's so many moving parts and, and things that I, yeah. And it's like, it's like, there's no way around it. And that's been a really interesting medicine for me to take has been like, it's been a great way to like kill the people pleasing part of myself, which is what I'm all for it. It's great. Uh, it's been like, okay, like, yeah, I can't be everywhere at the same time, but at the same time I can just like what you're saying, jump out and just like, okay, I'm going to jump out, split wood. I'm going to help these guys put on siding on the house, maybe just for two hours, but I showed up for two hours. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's just balance, just finding balance. Cause I think that like, yeah, when we're left to our own devices, it's like, right. It's just, we're trained to focus on the negative. Yeah. We watch the news growing up it's like uh, what else is there <laughs> like this <laughs> we're just talking about all the problems that are happening uh-huh. and it's like oh wow i guess i just better spend my time thinking about all the problems and like how crazy the world is and like oh i guess it doesn't really matter what i do i guess i should just you know go to mcdonald's and like get this thing and Numb you know just enjoy <laughs> enjoy the small pleasures that i have yeah but it's like oh wait Oh, there's a whole other, <laughs> a whole other paradigm and perspective to be able to like r- relate to, 
all the things that are around us and our relationship to ourselves, our relationship to nature. That's mm. like, oh, well, for me, you know, because like there's no like this thing is going to help everybody, you know. What do you mean by that? Oh, like it, like an act of service. You're saying you don't feel like there's. Well, like I, I'm sure I'm pretty sure that there are just people that shouldn't be living in community. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I've lived with them. <laughs> no, dude, those are the people that do need to live in community. <laughs> Come on. Just, just I, I just, just, just like got you over. I remember there was some person during some kind of meditation thing. And uh, I, you know, I don't know if I was here for this. So someone might have told me, but they were being really disruptive. And so someone goes up to Maestro Manuel and like, oh, this person's being disruptive. We need to get them out of the space. And he's like, no, we need to leave them in the space be- because they're so disruptive. Because and not pe- not for their benefit, but for yours. Exactly. <laughs> like you I've, need to learn to deal with. I become I become such a t- so much more tolerant. Ah, uh, there we go. Yes, of a person because of living in community. Because the, the other thing just about the way that the communities unfolded is that like certain people just become a part of the community and they keep showing up and then they're there. Like you didn't choose them. You, they just, right, they, just right, they just right. show up. And like, <laughs> you know, most of the time it's like, you know, a real blessing. But I think just, you know, part of the experience of being human is that they're going to be certain people that you just get along with better than others. Of and course. that's just like, that's just life. But to only isolate yourself with people that you get along with is a huge disservice to yourself as a human being because uh, then you never learn to harmonize with disharmonious people, like unharmonious people. It's just most of the time we just, you know, just like, okay, I'm not going to invite that person over ever again. It's just like, it's like, what if that person lived with you for years after right that. yeah <laughs> that's like pretty much that's what our, we've experienced that's our life here all of us just we just hate all each other <laughs> no 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 awesome. but it's like but there's a moment where you where you do have you may have a serious conflict with someone and you can't get away from them yeah and okay. you have to learn to become peaceful yeah because even like you know golden drum for instance it's like <laughs> even on, when there's only 20 people living there it's like are you going to be able to get along with 20 people all the like, time equally all the time like it just does it doesn't work like that doing all of these crazy intense projects especially when you're growing up in a culture that doesn't prepare you for communal living at all it's like oh if you're actually successful then you're not going to live with your family you're not going to live with your parents you're going to move out you're going to get a place of your own you're going to get your own job you're going to support yourself mm-hmm. you know pull yourself up by your bootstraps and make your way in the world and it's like well yeah, you could do it like that, but what if you were able to be around people that like genuinely wanted to help you and you genuinely wanted to help them and you use, you know, the energy that you have to lift each other up instead of just being completely dependent upon your, you know, yourself. And there's a certain amount of trust that goes into that. And I think that you know, sometimes it doesn't always happen the way that we think it's going to happen. And like, we're not always supported the way that we ideally would like to be supported. But at the same time, when people come together and like, with some kind of organization and goodwill, that they're able to create like really beautiful stuff. Like, for instance, we have a a co-op, a food co-op. And, you know, we all chip in a certain amount a month. 
and we get really good produce. We're able to support the farm that we live on. We have, you know, amazing organic food and now there's like a, a mushroom business growing that mm-hmm. feeds all sort of other co-ops and grocery stores and restaurants in the area. And like we've come together to create this really wonderful structure that allows us to have really nutritious and delicious food that is coming like literally right down the road. We just have to go there and, and we pick it up and we get all our grains or fruits and vegetables and if we want something else we can go to the store but like all the essential stuff we have Mm -hmm. and that's been a huge blessing during the pandemic and it's made my life a lot easier a lot simpler and it's like okay we created that as a community you know if if it was just me, like I, I probably would just be, you know, going down to Shoprite like every day yeah, <laughs> or you, whatever. Yeah, you probably wouldn't have built a food co-op from your organic farm <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> while producing your album. <laughs> and so, go on, continue sharing with me your thoughts on communal living. Well, I think it's it's interesting because it's become such a part of, like, yeah, being in a festival. People are talking about like yeah, we want to get some land. We want to do this thing. And it's like, well, it's great. Like you should you should try it. See what it see what it's like. But yeah, it's like getting people to balance their work situations with yeah. You know, coming together to create something that's, you know, potentially completely separate from work and then if you have a family, devoting time to your family, if you have your own spiritual practices and disciplines and like doing that and like balancing all of that while still being a human, trying to figure out, you know, your own stuff in the world. Being an artist. Yeah. That part, I, I personally, in transparency, that has been very difficult for me where I'm just like, you know, the voice creeps in. If I, if I was just, you know... Alone, I could just the art I would make would be you know I would have so much time to learn all this stuff. But instead, I have people asking me to go help with that, help with the, you know th- that's that. But just to be transparent, that I have a voice that comes in and complains. Totally, yeah, totally. I mean, and I still do, and right, it's just something that like you have to reason with, or else it just blocks you from participating in all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and like personally, right now, I'm like, like trying to like fight. That, that voice, like even now, like especially because, you know, we had a lot of stuff happening this summer where it was like constant, you know, service. Yeah, for, we had a lot of people here. For months. Right. And then after all of that happened, I got married. You got married, that's right. <laughs> and then we were like building up. I was building a pizza oven out of bricks with my own hands, <laughs> like with brick and mortar. And like, like uh, I've never done anything like that before, but it felt like super inspired to create something for the community that, you know, could potentially last a long time and would be, you know, uh, something that would bring yummy things and happiness for years to come. We need to finish that, huh? Should we stop this podcast right now? <laughs> yeah, and just go, to, <laughs> we need to go. <laughs> <laughs> just go finish that but it was like super... Uh, great meditation and it, and it was also funny because like that i started working on it like a week and a half before the before the wedding yeah maybe two weeks and we got all the materials and the very next day uh we get a phone call um 
there are people in the community that have COVID. Right. And we all need to lock down. And I was like, oh, no. Like, first of all, like, what does this mean for the wedding? Do we have to cancel the wedding? I was like, uh, yeah. Hillary and I were freaking out. And um, and then we had, you know, this pizza oven. I was like, well, at least I'll just go out by myself and, like, make this pizza oven. Because I can, I can do that. That would be my quarantine. And that was, like, my meditation. Like, up until, you know, day before the wedding, I didn't even finish it. But it was it was wonderful. I, I I'm really happy that I got the opportunity to just be outside for that period of time, just like working with my hands, and I, I had a blast. I'll do it again sometime. Not not the whole wedding thing, but like you know, just making a pizza. <laughs> Careful what you wish for. Yeah. Uh, and. That, uh, it just reminded me of this of this moment. I was at Burning Man, uh, and this guy was talking about what we're discussing here of getting community. And he was saying, "It's like, yeah, you know, when the revolution comes, the question is though, who will take out the trash?" <laughs> <laughs> that's and that's I've remained. You know, that, I've only been to Burning Man once, but and it was uh, it was ten years ago, and that that has been you know, branded into my mind as that statement. It's like, when the revolution comes, who will take out the trash? Yeah. Will you actually do the process? And, mm-hmm. you know, that that's also been like a really humbling aspect of, of the whole meditation of it is all the ways in which I am consistently failing not to do something. But at the same time, being positive about the fact that I still am participating just just to share this and maybe there's something you want to springboard off about this where it's like there is this drive to create collectivize and we're and we want to do it but there's like a war of resistance inside of us that egotistically doesn't want to do it and then we have to have that conflict but then at the same time you also have to have find a balance with that because if you if you do just say like 100 percent and I don't know, maybe Mahat Gandhi maybe did that, and I don't know, he turned out all right. But <laughs> like, you know, you I think you do have to have a balance. You like, for instance, you do have to have your personal practices first in the morning. Otherwise, if you don't take care of your own mental, emotional, spiritual hygiene, health, of what use of service are you to others? That's, exactly. Yeah. Right. I mean, you feel that? I feel that. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, we see it too, and it's like most of the stuff that that happened especially like a golden drum like you know we just once we have the opportunity to really look at it it's like okay are we are we practicing like are we mm-hmm. taking care of ourselves like you're saying like are are we looking in are we taking out the garbage in our own mind like are we just yeah you know recycling the same old stuff that's not really helping us and um yeah it's it's i think people are looking for communities now because well, people just see that, you know, the the structure that we have right now, it's great for capitalism. You know, it's great for, you know, people buying more stuff. For the 1%, it's but, perfect. But it's like, wait, is that really the easiest way for people? Or are you just trying to get people to buy more stuff? And it's like, okay, yeah. it seems like you just want people to buy more stuff. <laughs> it's like not even good stuff. It's like crappy stuff. <laughs> so it's like, okay, well, what else, what else can we do? And I think... The idea of like, oh, you know, community as this, you know, kind of key word. It's like, we'll just all come together and help each other. 
doesn't that sound nice? It's a simple principle it's that like, makes a lot of sense. Well, it's like, you know, for me, it's like it, it feels good to help people and it feels good to be helped. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't we create, you know, something that allows that to happen a little bit more? Because it's like, it's not about forcing people. It's not about like being like, okay, you're part of the community. You have to do, you know, like a ridiculous amount of things in order to be a part of the community. Like, like most of the time it's just like, can you give a couple hours of your week to like help with something? And if you can, like most of the time that's enough. Like, you know, there's, there's things, especially in our community, cause we're, we're growing. There's like a vision of things that we want to yeah. build. And, you know, I feel like that's one of the beneficial things is that, you know, if you are part of a community that has a vision of growth then like there's always something to do. There's always something to be involved in. Like you're never bored. Like I'm never bored. God here. bless me. If there's one thing <laughs> like, I don't have any context for anymore. It's boredom. At the times where I'm bored, I, I'm like I, I stop and I'm like, what? What is this? I the other, I had a moment the other day actually <laughs> where I wasn't bored, but I, I had somehow managed to get into a place where I didn't have anything that I had that I quote unquote had to go do. It was so confusing. I stopped. I didn't, I, I'm standing up right now just to be for dramatic effect for Matt. But I, I like I stopped in my living room. And I just stood there and I was like, "Wait a minute! I'm not even gonna take a single step because there's no way that I don't have something that's like an emergency. I have to go to here right now." And then and then I was like, "I'm just gonna I'm just gonna sit down and meditate. That's what I'm gonna do." I'll, but then that's that's the thing, right? So this I'm glad this came up because. We're in a spiritual community here. So the main emphasis... Whatever that is. <laughs> whatever, yeah, exactly. Whatever God's name that means. But, but you know, but then the, but the, uh, we are disciples, right? We are the in the sense of uh, we are in partaking in the discipline that's of the definition of disciple, right? As you know. And so then it's funny when you do have that moment of space. It's like, okay, I'm going to sit and meditate now. And then it's just an interesting process to like create the space to engage in the personal practice and be able to do that and to and to not forget that what you said earlier about detachment is such a necessary part of the process and that you need to, you need to participate you need to be in the world but not of it and how tricky that is but at the same time like how effective it is too because it's so in your face like you said you're never bored so the thing is always present so it simultaneously is constantly activating you but then the teaching is for you to deactivate from it internally speaking what a confusing fascinating thing that is (laughs) (laughs) but it's it's beautiful but it's it's like you know as appealing as it is because i feel like you know people are looking for this new way of like like creating their lives and relating And, and it's like but at the same time it's like well, it is great in a lot of ways, but it's also like, okay, get ready to be challenged. Yeah. Like, because <laughs> it's not long, it's no longer just you and maybe your partner, you know, ob- observing each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's difficult enough mm-hmm. as it is for, you know, pretty much everybody. Mm-hmm. And, and now you have to like go through life you know, whether you're in partnership or you're single, but now you have all these other people, you know, observing you and reflecting back all of your stuff to you. Yes. <laughs> like, like all the time. And 
like for me, it was like a huge reprogramming of, of what privacy is. Because mm. it's like, okay, you're in the same space. You're all there. I'm working from home. People are <laughs> cooking in the kitchen at all hours of the day. The bathroom's <laughs> occupied constantly. Okay, now there's uh, a sound meditation happening outside my room, which is super loud. That I have not that meditative. I have to go to, <laughs> and it's like okay, yeah. I I lived in the room that was right next to the event space in Golden Drum for like the first f- three or four years of of Golden Drum, and. Yeah, I would have to be working. I was working from home, and I'd be in the room, and I'd have to not make any noise. That sounds terrible. Yeah, it was crazy. I, I was well, thinking you were going to say something else, but that sounds that sounds like pretty about as awful as I can imagine. Being a well, musician, you, you lived in that room too, though. Yeah, well, I had a different experience <laughs> in living in. I, I yeah, I I did live in. I was thinking about it as you were just as you were talking about the privacy thing. I mean, yeah, you open your window. <laughs> there's like 40 people in there and like my my bed you know i my, my bed is right there and you're like okay that's interesting but then it's like okay <laughs> like here's the problem like what's the solution and sometimes most of the time i find that it's not like a physical solution it's yeah. most of the time it's like a meditation that like helps me to realize like oh you know i'm defining what privacy is like i'm i'm defining you know these boundaries that I'm creating for myself to give me some, some like appearance of control over my environment. Mm. And it's like, well, do I really need all that? Or is this all just a like self-imagined stuff? Like, can I like make art in my room and have somebody playing music in the next room? Like, is that, that's probably okay. Let me see if I can actually do that. Like, okay, yeah, that's totally fine. Like, that's not a big deal. You know, and there's, you know, other things that need to be negotiated. But for the most part, it's just these stories. And it's just like, oh, I don't really need to have a huge house meeting about it. It's just like, I just need to redefine some things within myself to become like a harmonious member of of the community. And, you know, sometimes it's like, okay, well, don't compromise on something that's going to, like, you know, affect your health or something like that. But a, a lot of it is just these constructs that we've that we've made and these, like, stories that we said, like, oh, no, if I'm not spending, you know, X amount of hours working, then I'm not going to get everything done or, like, you know, I I need to... <laughs> like I need to have the shower right now and then like you see the shower door and like immediately it's like oh god like I tried to go to the shower like three times today and it's been closed every time and now it's like oh but maybe I just don't need to do that right now like let me figure out something else it's like oh somebody else is cooking in the kitchen so okay let me figure out like oh I need to go and get groceries anyway so let me go out and do that and just figuring out like instead of you know getting completely blocked by whatever the the challenge or the obstacle is is like trying to be like water trying to like flow with life because it's like if we're just living in our own little world and we're creating like this perfect environment and you know we're perfect under perfect conditions yeah then we're a paper warrior Hmm. but no a real warrior is perfect under imperfect conditions. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we we talk a lot about in our community and Maestro said many times. 
And, you know, we're still working on it because it's like, you know, a lot of the times things are great. It's just like right. some little thing that comes into our daily life that we just get stuck on. It's like, oh, man, you know, the, you know, <laughs> I don't know, like the, like sometimes the power goes out and, and it's just like, okay, it's windy and the power went out. Like, oh, I can't do this thing that I wanted to do, but all right. Maybe I can still meditate. I can. There, there are a bunch of other things that I can do, and just to like not get hung up on, you know, these little difficulties, because you know everybody has their own needs, and then all of a sudden you're in a community where it's not just your needs; it's the needs of like fifty people. Yeah. And then you have to negotiate that, like you have to. Like, there's no way around it, or you just kind of go crazy, and then, you know. Like, I think one one of the things I was trying to say before was that, you know, I'm in that place where it's like, I have that voice where it's like, okay, you need time to work. Like, you need time to work on your own stuff because we had a busy summer, we had the wedding, you know, and honeymoon, and then we just came back from, you know, traveling and got back last week. And I have like seven, now eight commissions of paintings that I need to do. And like, I some of them... I've been meaning to do since the summer started and it's just, it's just been like, it just hasn't happened because of all the things. And, you know, part of that's time management, but like part of that is just like me as a creative person, like I need to just sit down in my space and like explore something. Like I'm not one of those painters that can just kind of like pop it out instantly and it's done. It's like, I'm, I'm, you know, making small failures and then like painting over it and then like making a discovery and you know, exploring that and then, you know, seeing what works. And, you know, like now I'm at that point where I'm just like, you know, I've been community for 14 years and I'm still like, let me just take some space. And, but all I, the I, more I, reason. Yeah. I would think. But it's also like knowing when to say that. That's what, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, right. Like and you're from, not at this point, you're not running from it. Yeah. Like I, I, and but I still like kind of beat myself up a little bit because it's like yeah. I want to be doing all the things because there's so many things to be doing like you know to go to the to go to the sweat lodge to go to you know have a cacao ceremony and like all these things are nice I wish I could go to all of them there's stuff happening in the city this week I want to go to that and it's also like you know I, I've kind of have you know a good amount of experience with a lot of these things and it's good to go when I can but like, if I do all these things, I'll be resentful towards myself for not giving myself enough time to uh -huh. work on the things that I need to do. That's an interesting yeah. statement. Yeah. I, I resonate with that. Go yeah. on. So yeah. it's, a, it's a constant evolution. And like, I think if you're doing it right, then you're constantly having your buttons pressed and constantly figuring out ways to be able to overcome whatever obstacle arises. And through that process... You know, I mean, life does it anyways, but I yes. think, but I think, yeah. you know, whether you're living in your, by yourself or you're living with community is that, you know, the more that we kind of embrace those challenges as they come and realize the opportunity to become, you know, more flexible, more compassionate, or, you know, more able to confront and deal with obstacles as they arise in our lives, uh, without like running from them, because that definitely doesn't seem like the the no. answer. But at least you know, uh, you know, acknowledging them in a way that allows us to be able to, you know, come into harmony 
no matter you know what the, the circumstances is and, and sometimes it's easier than other times and there's definitely like degrees of challenges but like i think um you know just kind of realizing which degree of challenges we're actually dealing with because a lot of the times we you know exaggerate things and you know i do it all the time and i, I have to catch myself it's like is that really like that big of a deal it's like no it's just you know it's just like you need to take out the trash. It's like <laughs> just go yeah. take out the trash. Well, I like I like the what you're saying about uh, where you you don't have to. I'm, I'm losing the quota specifically what you said, but oh, if you're doing it right, then you should expect your buttons to be being pushed. So that's a really good shift in perspective. That that I find that helpful to hear that because it's like sometimes you think if you're doing it right. It should be easy. You should, you know, it should be flowing. It should be like, oh yeah, I'm just, I'm in community with my friends, and I get to do all this stuff, and there's good food and nature <laughs> and blah blah blah, whatever. But actually, what you're suggesting is that if you're doing it correctly, the yoga posture of communal living should be challenging you at your most deepest part. Well, it's like doing a practice where you just do the same things over and over again, while there's still plenty of other positions that would be beneficial to you but they're just uncomfortable so you don't do them so it's like it's like oh you know i've mastered this and that and you know upper dog downward dog great <laughs> done <laughs> it's like yeah well okay uh -huh. you know those are beneficial postures and everything but you know there's like thousands more and it's like are you are you going to explore them or not and it's for me it's like if we're growing we're being challenged yes if, if we're if we're just if we're not growing we're just comfortable all the time then we're stagnant and and i feel like a lot of us you know we get we want the comfort because you know for a lot of people it's just like life's already challenging enough and it's like if you can enjoy some comfort for some people that's like that's what they that's all they need like just a little bit of comfort because you know you're working multiple jobs mm -hmm. you know you've got credit card debt you've got school debt i mean i can only imagine like you know how difficult it is for people you know i don't know how I, people deal with things the way that most people live i have no idea how they handle it yeah like, but, but it's like you know a lot of people don't handle it though do yeah exactly i mean we can only you know do what we can and and you know i think about sometimes just how beneficial this path has been for me and Sometimes I wish, like, man, something similar to what you were saying before, like, if I had been exposed to music or started playing music sooner. For me, it's like, if I had been exposed to, like, meditation and yoga in a way when I was younger so that I actually could have, like, embraced that. But, you know, I think it would have been difficult for me in my nature because I love sports so much and loved being competitive and the idea of just doing something with my body that had nothing to do with, like, you know, winning or losing or this type of thing. It's like, you're just like so stuck in that paradigm uh -huh. that for me, I just, uh, I, I wish that I had that because the meditation and the yoga and like all these other disciplines that have helped me so much. Um, you know, if I could have had that in a place earlier in my life, so I didn't have to suffer so much <laughs> but uh, at the same time it's like okay that learned i learned something from that like looking back on it recapitulating 
seeing what my life experience actually was instead of thinking what it might have been. It's like, okay, like now I have the tools to be able to create what it is that I want. So that being said, because I, I feel that as you were talking earlier, I was kind of having a very similar uh it was bringing me to a certain place with that. Just the idea of like what I was, I'm envisioning, you know, and reflecting back on my own experiences of being at Golden Drum. And it's like, this is just super uncomfortable. Like certain <laughs> moments and things that happen. It's just like, this is so difficult. What is it? What is this? This feeling inside, you know, of the, of the situation of, of not being able to expand in the way that feels natural for you as a person, but rather you have to learn to consistently control your character and constrict your emotional need and desire and thought, thought and feeling and belief that you should should or can have control over the environment. And how what that does is create like a pressure cooker. And then that pressure forces you to act in a way that can facilitate uh, tremendous disharmony, you know, create tons of conflict you know, the pressure was just ah, you know you get, like, get reactive <laughs> or the, the pressure can force you to grow in a way that's like well unprecedented in all kinds of directions in all kinds of ways and i'm just curious because I, I talk a lot on this podcast about basically that and try to find all the ways that people can implement things to empower themselves with that perspective and then actions they can take to move in that direction of consciously using discomfort and pressure to initiate growth but I, i'm just curious what do you think it really means to heal like because that's one of the, i i personally have kind of like a war on the word healing these days <laughs> <laughs> just I for the record i think it's highly highly misunderstood yeah, in a lot of context go ahead <laughs> i mean for me i, I kind of come to this place where it's like you know, you have love and you have fear. Like if you want to over categorize life experiences. And for me, like if you're if you're enlightened, like you have like a unified expression of oneself that's like rooted in love. I mean, there's so many ways to probably describe that. I feel but, for, that but for me, yeah. it's like like love is the seed that allows one to become more unified in its expression and like fear causes divisions and fractions and like uh becomes yeah things become fractured and conflict yeah and arguments violence and you know we, all stuff. we see it in relationships and yeah. and in ourselves like we see a part of ourselves that we don't like or something that was difficult and things become splintered and you know uh, we don't we don't love ourselves all the time there are things that happen that it's just like okay like i don't really like that thing about myself or this thing that i did or you know it's not unified it's it's uh, there's division i'm trying to think of all the ways it's fractured it's divided it's, yeah. it's splintered yeah, yeah. you know and for me healing is is when we just um, you know, we use that connection to the, the more unified expression of ourselves and we, we slowly become more and more unified when we go from that, that part that's like caught in fear and then we illuminate it with, with love. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, to, eh, language is, yeah. falls short in so many ways when we're talking about this kind of stuff. But, you know, it's, it's, um, when we're like, love is the glue. I don't know. It just like, kind of brings everything back together. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not like a, a hallmark, you know, kind of thing where it's like, I don't know, this idealized version of like, oh, I'm just, you know, say something sweet in the card and that will like make everything better. <laughs> but it's like, you know, doing the work. It's like, okay, wow, you know, I really messed up. And, you know, instead of just, you know, covering myself in guilt and shame and all these things, just realizing I could have done better. And that's it. It doesn't mean that I'm a bad person. It's just that, you know, next time something like that happens, I'm going to, you know, choose a different path. And, you know, there's so many different life experiences that are like that, where it's just, you know, something happens and it's just, you know, it creates a division like, oh, that relationship didn't work out. You know, there's pain, there's suffering. Um, You know, why did my partner, you know, do this to me? And I mean, there's all kinds of human drama and it it all, a lot of the stuff, like the more it hurts, the sometimes the deeper the, the mark and the scar and, and we all have them. Like it's just, you know, some people deeper things than others, mm-hmm. but there is that opportunity to to heal. And like oh, so many of these traditions, it it seems like, you know, we can focus on the, the things that are wrong all day long. Because, you know, if we're, <laughs> it seems like we're endlessly creative when it comes to all the things that are wrong with us. <laughs> yeah. So if you're having a hard time accessing your creativity, just think about how creative your mind gets in terms of judging yourself in the world. <laughs> I mean, you have to be pretty imaginative to come up with some of the conditions. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that, you know, I think one of the things that we try to focus on as a community is is not so much the healing aspect of things but trying to focus on like not, not the things that are wrong and the things that we want to be better and the things that we wish were different and all this kind of stuff, but thinking about, you know, that working towards that more unified expression, like focusing on our consciousness, like how we can become more aware as people, not like, not so much like expanding our consciousness, because I feel like that's so kind of caught up in this like psychedelic thing of like just breaking all the structures and just, you know, like, is going as far out as you can and just like coming back with whatever you're able to find, but like more about like becoming conscious. Yeah. Becoming conscious, becoming that like unified, like whole expression, Uh fully realized version of ourselves, whatever this means. Again, these are all just words, but it's like, I feel what you're, maybe I live with you. So I feel, but But, um, yeah, I, I feel like, one of the things that we, we touch upon a lot is like when you focus on consciousness, healing is a natural byproduct. Yes. Right. So, so just for, for me, I just try to focus on what are those things that help me to become more awake and just saying, okay, meditation is definitely one of those things. Like if I sit down and I'm just focusing on my breath, just doing that for a little bit of time makes me extremely awake and alert and like brings me like inside myself and it makes me feel good. And like, what else do I need to know? Like, I don't need to know much else. Like just to know that I can do that. And okay. 
But, you know, look at other types of meditation, look at other traditions and their type of meditations, different breathing techniques, and, you know, go deep into it. But whatever it is, what I always try to encourage people is like, you know, I'll talk about what works for me, but find out what works for you. Like, just because we're all so different, like we're just incredibly different (laughs) when we go into it. There's a lot of similarities too. But, you know, for me to say like, oh, you know, you know, this worked for me, you should do it too. Like I'm very hesitant to say stuff like that mm. because it's just I have the opposite problem. <laughs> I just I just I, well, I, I just assume I just assume yeah, that know. nothing works for anybody else except me. It's just like okay. <laughs> like uh <laughs> I'm just crazy. This is this is probably just me and you know, no, I know you should that, do whatever that, you do. That's a good perspective. I like I like that perspective <laughs> that, you know, to be cautious that you don't have the answer for somebody. Yeah, because we can only talk to our own personal experience right. in a large in a large sense. But you know, it's cool to see people that are you know trying to look at it from you know a broader perspective and looking at the science and being like, oh, this is you know highly beneficial in people, and you should do that. And like, you know, great, like go do a cold plunge, and you know, don't overdo it, and you know, make sure that you're doing it right. But like. You know, exposing yourself to cold temperatures is a wonderful thing. And why not put a, you know, a freezer in your backyard and fill it with water? And <laughs> It's worked great for me. <laughs> <laughs> I've enjoyed it. I, I, I definitely want to get back into it. Well, but win, like, you winter know, is t- soon, soon arriving, so. It is coming. But um, I like. Uh, should I ask you questions soon? Well, you can if you want, but you're not required to. I won't fire you if you do, or if you don't, rather. Well, you asked me to give, bring questions. I, yeah, I was kind of joking. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what you were saying, as I'm now forgetting against you're saying many things, so I need to retrace my thoughts about it. Um, uh, I can't about recall. About what, what works for other people. And What's something you were saying before that? I should have taken notes. Um, consciousness and healing. And healing. Thank you. Okay. We're answer- you, all right. So you answered. I, I like how you answered the question because it was actually a little bit different than what I thought you were going to say, but totally relevant and it fits uh, just the premise of, of something rooted in wholeness and love. That is, and, and you know, eroding the division, but through like a warmth I'm, what, what kind of comes to me I'm thinking of in like the Tao Tai Ching where it's like water eventually smooths out the stone and like you know smoothing out the stone that is the process of healing and I've ranted enough on my, this podcast about my perspective on you know healing and, and things like that but I, I feel in that process the erosion of the rough edges of the stone is something that is well you know for instance you were talking about doing a cold plunge it can be like that it's like it can be very abrasive at least momentarily until you go until you have the courage to go inwards with it and not run from it be like okay oh my god it's so cold yeah you don't you don't give in to the fear you don't yeah so i i just i appreciate i think this is a good way to look at it because i i think this is what's coming what's been coming for me within my own personal process with a lot of things is like trying to kind of separate uh, these traditional teachings, like indigenous teachings are pretty hard-nosed in a lot of ways. I mean, if you look at like the Lakota piercing themselves four days, not drinking or e- eating sweat lodges and they're, they're piercing and ripping their skin out. I mean, that's that's like pretty hardcore. You know, that's like, whoa, 
you know, that's not like, hey, let me give you a back massage while we put on some uh, down tempo ambient music and have some candles lit. <laughs> it's a little different, <laughs> but it's highly effective, right? Uh, and I'm just in my own personal process trying to understand that equanimous balance place with finding that place of tension and pressure and you know discomfort and at times pain but at the same time like being rooted in love compassion and coming to a place of wholeness and balance that's been where i'm at personally so i i appreciate hearing from you that you know the main emphasis on uh love and wholeness being the keys to unlocking doors of healing for people so just to share i appreciated that yeah and i think we all have we all have our own path and approach to it and you know i i have so much respect for those traditions that you know do you know you you they just expose themselves to so much discomfort yeah to say it like <laughs> and like and unconsciously like yes. i'm agreeing to you know do this it's not like you know anybody's doing it against their will it's just like you know through this practice and through this tradition you know you come out on the other side you know with a different perspective on life and yourself and your relationship to spirit and nature and like you know it's it's time tested like okay you know but at the same time it's not for everybody you know that's definitely you know, that's like you know a huge respect to you know those traditions i mean to all the sacred traditions that are you know genuinely trying to carry things that have been passed from generation to generation you know in many instances you know through great struggle and sacrifice to be able to keep those traditions alive and then yeah be able to pass those on you know even now and to see like okay yeah the benefit that's there and understanding like okay there's something really special that's happening and it's like it might not be my path it might not be something that i want to do personally but you know you can see like okay that's that's something that's benefiting this person and like wow i want to i want to support that i want to be able to you know be somebody who can you know actively like be someone who says okay yeah these these things are important like as a culture you know we need to be more aware of these type of things because i think that we've especially in, our, in like the united states like we've been stripped of so much of that like ritual like, like in, and awareness of other cultures ritual initiation, initiation rites yeah. of passage yeah. like all these type of things that you know i you know i grew up in the suburbs of connecticut you know outside of new york city and it's just there's just none of it you know like it's, it's not even like a an artificial type of thing like like it, it was just like okay you're going to school and you do sports and eventually you go to college and you know like you went to camp and i don't know like there's just there's there was like no like okay you're a man now and like or like you you're know. always a consumer in that paradigm yeah on some level or just like you, you consuming of the culture you're yeah. not being asked to like you know transcend something yeah and I, I feel like for me like i had to create my own rituals like 
but not really like consciously deciding like, oh, I'm going to create my own rituals. But like I graduated from college and I biked across the United States that, yeah, with a couple yeah. of friends. And for me, it was like, I, I just, that just sounds like something that's really cool. <laughs> like I, I want to challenge myself to do something that almost seems impossible. Like, I don't know how I'm going to do this thing. It's just like, I can't really plan the whole thing. It's just going to happen the way it happens. And maybe we'll do it. Maybe we won't do it. Maybe we'll, you know, just get, you know, a little bit and then we'll, we'll go back home. I don't know, but we tried it and, you know, we were lucky enough to complete the whole trip and it was amazing. But looking back on it, it was me needing that type of experience to move into what I considered adulthood. Yeah. And like, you know, looking back, it's like a little naive that like, okay, you can just bicycle and then you're adult. (laughs) You just bicycle for like 5,000 miles. It's a good way to break out of the shell at least initially. Yeah. Which can lead you to doing the next step totally and for me it was exactly what i needed at that time and you know i wouldn't trade it for the world and it deeply um strengthened my faith in people because i think something in the culture is like you need to depend depend on yourself don't depend on other people and don't you know don't like try to trust other people it just at least, at least communities like there's just in a sense of like you don't just go down the street and like oh i'm an american you're an american let's hang out yeah <laughs> <laughs> but like i i was amazed because you know at a certain point we figured out you know if we camp a campsite so we pay every night to stay somewhere you know we we're just you know broke college kids we didn't have that much money but we have a little bit and we're like okay if we do that we need to we just start knocking on people's doors or, you know, staying in parks or, you know, um, going to churches. And that's what we did. And we just, you know, found so much generosity in, in places that I didn't think we would actually find it. And it was so beautiful Mm. for me because it was like, wow, you know, people genuinely just want to help us. And we're just, we're just some kids, you know, bicycling, like we're just going across the country and we just had this idea and you know there've been plenty of other people that have done it as well and uh but for me it was it was a real transformative experience and a hugely empowering experience and it was also just something that like my family was not very excited about <laughs> probably all the more reason why it was transformative exactly but then it's like then my dad starts biking after that and he starts going on these you know long trips and you know now my mom and my dad uh, he doesn't bike so much anymore, but he goes on, they go on long, uh, walks, long, long hikes for like hundreds of miles in Italy and, and across England and, and, uh, Scotland, and Ireland. And, uh, they did the Camino in Spain twice. And, you know, I just feel like it, it helped open up some door for me, but it also opened up other doors for them being like, oh, wow, you know. This is like, we can move beyond our own little world and, you know, who knows what we'll be able to find out there. And, you know, sometimes it was, it was definitely challenging. It was like a a small communal living situation with just me and these two guys, you know, biking across the country. And, uh, it was, uh, it was really wonderful. And I think I learned a lot about myself and, um, you know, definitely some challenges there <laughs> spending all day every day with you know two other guys and um but uh we did it and i think we came out on the other side you know a lot more uh experienced for it and 
I think it, it gave me that, that thing that I needed that I didn't even know that I was really looking for was just like, okay, like whatever the situation, I can figure it out. Yeah. Independence, you yeah. know, or, or autonomy and self-reliance. That's, that's what we're looking at here is I'm thinking back, right back now to principles of burning man. <laughs> to bring it back to Burning yeah, Man. Yeah, just to bring it back to Burning Man. I was at a talk Larry Harvey was giving in the city and he was he said that what we're looking for is autonomy, self mastery, and authenticity. So sounds like that was kind of in in the realm of, of that trajectory towards those values. Yeah. But Yeah. Cool. I, I'm I'm feeling that we're coming to a close here yeah sounds good cool i i what i'm i think i'm feeling that uh i want to the theme for me i appreciate what you said uh finding wholeness and love through discomfort and, and creativity yeah i think those are good things to focus on if we've taken something away i think that's a good thing to to take a take with us it's an interesting process like creating songs especially from like in my experience because i i found so many different ways in which songs have come to me and like i think it's fun to kind of see all the ways in which they can come and for me like um you know being out in nature and meditating for you know days at a time mm -hmm. um you know, through vision quests like that, that's been something that's been hugely beneficial to me. And I think the majority of the songs on the album have come from vision quest. Mm. So that that's good to hear that. So yeah. being in a quiet, undisturbed place for a period of time is a key way to hear the song that's in your head. I think so. And sometimes it's like, sometimes it's a melody mm. like with celebrate. It was the whistle mm -hmm. that it all came from and celebrate, celebrate. And then there were other ones where I, I just had to create music in the moment um, and during a sound meditation. And, you know, this the song came up, came through, but it was just the chorus. But it was, open your heart, open your heart to love. And that was in Israel. And then I, I had this chorus. I was like, okay, well, what do I do with that? And then I was like on the plane ride back and I watched... Uh, it's funny, just the little prince, and uh, so touched by it. And for some reason, I find myself amazingly emotional on on airplanes. I find with movies, I find the same thing, man. I've cried on more movies on planes than anywhere else, and I'm not like I won't be like sad or anything. But it's just something. I guess I'm about the altitude. And I don't the know. Lack of sleep. I talked. I talked to the people who work on the planes. I was like, Do you it guys happens. get more emotional when you're on planes, or is this just like they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm fine. <laughs> Go back to your seat. Um, but like, I I just like you know like listen to the whole thing and then i was just inspired and i was like oh this is like about connecting to that that pure love that we experience as children and then like growing up and then slowly becoming more and more disconnected to that like pure love that we experience um you know which doesn't happen to everybody but a lot of people i think it does you know we become you know kind of jaded by life experiences and boxed and, in i think that's a lot of what that book is about too the way you box yourself in like, yeah 
Like, what is this I'm looking at? Is it an elephant or is it a sack of potatoes? There's something like that in the book I remember. Yeah. Go on, though, with what you're saying. But, yeah, just, like, having that opportunity to connect back to that place and allow ourselves to open up to receive that. So that that was just, like, you know, an impromptu session and and watching a movie and being on a plane long enough to, like, focus on writing something. (laughs) And then, like, um, I'm trying to think of some other ones. Like I just I've had a couple of dreams recently where I hear a melody. I heard a melody in a dream once and I just woke up and I was like, what is this? What is this making me feel? Because I didn't have any words to go along with it. I would just remember I was in the dream listening to this melody and I was like, oh, wow, this this is cool. I like this song. And I was like, I've never heard this song before. I was like, I could write this song. And then it's like, okay, great. Let me see what happens. And then I think um, Journey was was out of that one. And then. I, I heard a song recently, I was like in some restaurant, and there was this Bob Marley song on the radio, and it was like crystal clear, and I just, it was Bob's voice, and he was singing, and he had these like backup singers in the background, they were just going, ooh, ooh, and, and then uh, it just had this melody along with it, and then... Uh, and um i just remember waking up and being like oh man i gotta find that song and i was like i've never heard that song before i could write that song (laughs) and i was like you know it was so exciting for me and then i and i wrote that song that one's not gonna be on this album but like just the way that things can come it's like it can come in so many different ways. You know, I've never really had melodies come to me just to share that. I think that's my block for me. If I need to sit down and write lyrics, it's like the easiest thing in the world. I could just write, mm. write, 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 talk. Uh, and it's like effortless almost. Melody, I, I, it confuses me. I mean, the value is I play a lot of different instruments, so things have come to me in that regard. But like, that's cool that you hear a melody that just comes to you or, you know, it's inspired by Bob Marley or something like, you know. But he gave me the song. Yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, I, I haven't had that flow. So that's, that's something I, I think is a good meditation is, you know, maybe that's something that one can invoke. Yeah. I, that for, you know, as I ask you the question, I, I wasn't thinking so much within my own process at the time. What can you do for people who are, let's say in some level creatively blocked? That's kind of the first question I asked you on some level. I think that, in my own process, that's something that's coming to me is like, ah, okay, maybe like if you're blocked in a specific realm of an artistic field, you could say, I want to invoke the spirit of melody to come to me. <laughs> why not? Yeah. I don't see why that wouldn't be a highly effective strategy. So I appreciate you sharing that because that's just something to think about. This is how melody can just come to one's. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we all have our way, but, like, once you figure out that thing that connects you to that dimension of things. And for me, it's always been, like, for me, I, I, when I'm listening to music, I, there's so many bands and, you know, things that I've listened to growing up where I could not sing the lyrics back to you to, to save my life. But the feeling that they invoke in me is just unforgettable and, like, completely life-changing because... Like, I, I was never really listening to things for the lyrics so much. Like, 
like there was a period of time where I just listened to Pearl Jam a lot. And it was like, I couldn't tell you half the words of what, <laughs> like a Pearl Jam. <laughs> like I would, if you asked me to like, you know, um, you know, like write the lyrics for um, Evenflow, like I wouldn't be able to do that at all. <laughs> but like that song, like got me just like through so much where I was just like, wow, like the energy and the, the, the melody, the power of it, of it all. It was just flow. like, it's like, wow. Like, I, it was just incredible. And just the feeling, like the raw emotion, I was like, wow, I can I can relate to that. I can feel that. And like for me, you know, it's it's like connecting to that real place, whatever it is inside of me that like, you know, wants that. Like for me, Invitation, another song on the album, came from just reading this this quote in inside one of the, the um, like, uh, I don't know, like books that we have as that has like a bunch of different practices in it and one of them is is part of the preface and uh from his elder he just says uh this is an invitation to reclaim the wonder of your life it's something like that and i was like wow that's so beautiful like to create an invitation for people to connect back to the wonder of their life and i was like i want to write a song about that like that definitely feels like something that I want to explore and share with people and to create it into a form that's, that's musical. And that was like one of the few times that it was like a quote that the, the words sparked it. Yeah. And how'd you find the melody for that? It took me like the three years. <laughs> so that's, Cause, good. Cause I think that's I, good to know. <laughs> well, I think I, but uh, that's the interesting part is that there's certain songs like just that I choose love that was on the vision quest from start to finish in like two hours on the mountain. And I was just, it was just clear. It's never changed. It's always been like that. And then there's a song like, yeah, Invitation, that I think I started writing it in like 2018 and got a good chunk of it done. But like th there was such as like a specific vision for it. And I wanted it to like really flow naturally through like all these images of, of nature from this like, um, um, like as above, so below type of thing from the macrocosm to the microcosm. So like focusing on planets and, you know, uh, the galaxies and the, the dance of the universe to like focusing on the dew on a blade of grass and, mm. you know, like all the, the tiny things that are happening and realizing the beauty and the wonder and all of it, you know, and, and trying to encapsulate that into the meditation of the song and then just bringing it to the, you know, this present moment so that you know once we really connect to the present moment and you know, full, you know push out like or we're able to separate like all the thoughts about the future the things that have happened in the past and we're you know because the wonder is like it doesn't exist anywhere else except here like unless you're like really here and just like fully present like right. you can't connect to that and for me that you know that was the whole meditation behind that song. And I feel like it, it's kind of a meditation behind a lot of the stuff that I do. But in that song in particular, like I just wanted this like, you know, like epic thing. And it's completely different than the other songs in the album, which I love because it, it's a, it only, the only harmonium song that I have on the album. And um, it just connects to this place that every time I'm like, I'm really stoked to listen to it. I was like, oh, invitation. It brings you back to the present moment. Yeah. But it's not like, like, oh, this great thing that I did and look at me. But it's like, I just love the song. Like, mm -hmm. I like listening to it. And it makes me feel good. And 
yeah, I think that that's just like my invitation to everybody is like discover the things that make you feel good and the things that not just like bring you temporary happiness, but the things that like awaken that deep part of you that's eternal and, you know, makes you feel the the beauty of life, like keep going in that direction. Mm. And then move from that place, create from that place interact relate from that place speak from that place and then watch as things change but that's the thing is connect to that place first all right I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna not be able to forgive myself if i don't if we don't talk about it for a moment so <laughs> so we went to a llama festival <laughs> what was the premise of that llama festival that we went to do you remember it was it was <laughs> well it was like I well, it, it was, was with the it was confusing it was with the Mapuche, because yeah with the Mapuche in Chile yeah we were, it was it was confusing to me because I didn't speak Spanish and <laughs> it was like it was a little crazy because they were they were piercing the the llamas on the ears yeah they put these you know fuzzy fuzzy little tassel <laughs> things in their in their ears and it, it's I mean, it's funny to me because I just didn't understand it. Like, right. because like, I, I don't think I really understood properly, like what the whole situation was, but like Jacob was there wrestling the llamas down to the ground so they wouldn't like, <laughs> so, yeah, they wouldn't struggle. freak out. Yeah. And then like shortly after that, there was a herd of sheep that were around. <laughs> they almost, they almost trampled they them. Almost, death, I think. They were like trying to wrangle them and they were like, okay, just stand your ground. And like, if they come here, just like, you know, look big or whatever. <laughs> and there's like 50 sheep, uh, you know, I, again, I grew up in the suburbs of New York. So like, <laughs> like all these sheep are just charging me full speed in this penned area. And I just look at them and I just like, I was like, can I, can I, should I hold my ground, <laughs> potentially get trampled <laughs> by all these sheep in a foreign country where I was just like, <laughs> who knows what's going to happen or just step to the side. And I, I quickly chose step to the side and I'm kind of glad I did because <laughs> I think that they would, they were not, they did not feel very threatened uh, by my presence there, I think. <laughs> no, no, they, they were, they were, they were not going to move. They were going to yield, let's put it that way. <laughs> But we were there. We were there for incredible. We we saw a total lunar, a uh, total solar eclipse uh-huh. in Chile in the middle of the day. That it, was wild. That was one of the most surreal experiences of my whole life. Like easily. Yeah, I mean, like, it's kind of hard to think of something that was that was pretty bizarre. Because you see it in movies and things. Like, in but the, it's like yeah. one thing also in the desert, because yeah. all of a sudden it's like super hot. You're in the desert, and then. The sun, the moon moves in front of the sun, and not only does like the like the light gets cold all around you change completely. It's like you're in a dark bubble, but it's like did it's, it get it's, cold or am I? Am it I, got cold it fast. Okay, I that was the I other. That, that was part. the thing that was so surreal about it is that we were just like the the heat, just just a vacuum sucked out all the heat. Yeah, and then. The sun was revealed, revealed again, and all of a sudden it became, you know, became warm. It was like you're, you're in the heat of the desert again. But it was just like that being in that bubble of like just that short amount of time. I mean, it was only like 15 minutes that we were probably like, you know, really in 
like the, the, like where the this where the two spheres were interacting really. I mean, because the the other yeah. total eclipse was for a brief four, yeah. it was four and a half minutes. They don't call it total eclipse, they, right? They call it total something else. Do you remember what it's called? I don't know. All I can think of is total eclipse of the heart now. That's all. But yeah, it was it was amazing. I, I would totally, you know, if I had the opportunity to go someplace and experience that again, I would totally do it. And then later that year, we saw the Dalai Lama in India. I, I'm just connecting the thread between Lama to Lama. I'm not quite sure why, but <laughs> yeah, I think that maybe that's a, another discussion for another time. Well, hopefully one day I'll find myself in India again. You know, that's one of the things that we're Hillary and I are trying to move towards is uh, finding our way over there and studying for a little bit and. Yeah, who knows? Maybe we'll we'll see him and we'll see some other people. And, I will come visit you for sure. But uh, man, I, I I would love to to be in India. Before we went to go see the Dalai Lama, we were kind of told like you know this isn't a vacation. Don't go off and do all kinds uh-huh. of things. So I came there a day early, and I had one night in Mumbai, and I went to the Hare Krishna temple by myself, and got you know a little tuk tuk and went over there and. And I was so happy to have that, like, one experience, that one evening of just, you know, walking through India. And, you know, people have all kinds of things about, like, don't go to the city, it's dirty, and don't go over here, da-da-da-da-da. But, like, just to be there and to be in that one temple for that one night, I was like, wow, this is, you know, something so, so, so special. And I hope I have the opportunity to, to go back there again. And then during the pandemic, the Hare Krishnas moved next door. They did. So (laughs) there was something auspicious about that. I'm not sure. I'm not quite sure what it was. Yeah, it was funny. We drove out uh, about an hour for my birthday to get some Indian food, and and I turned around at the line, and there was the Hare Krishnas guy who lives next door to us. I was like, hey. (laughs) (laughs) So there's something there. Things are always coming back around. Cool. But but yeah, uh, thank you so much for inviting me to to have a little conversation i i just love talking to you so it's it's great that we get to like actually have some record that we've actually had these conversations (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i thank you for coming on i think we need to do some more of this and uh i i think there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff here so get the album out soon i i i want to say on the record don't don't delay don't wait you know, get it, get it out there. I was just feeling that, like, you know, the stuff that I've heard from the album, it sounds really, really epic and awesome. And I just want to encourage you to get it out as soon as possible so that the rest of us can enjoy it. Sounds great. Cool. I would love nothing more. And uh, until then, please bear with me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Will do. Uh, other than that, thank you for being here. Awesome to have you. Let's do it again sometime. And... Uh, don't let me distract you from your albums so we all can enjoy very soon. Wonderful. It was my pleasure. How shall The time is now to Peace. to wait. Many thanks. Uh-huh. Celebrate, celebrate. I don't leave it up to fate. Come on, celebrate, celebrate. You got the key and there's the door. Now tell me what are you waiting for? Just open up and walk right through. No more time for being blue
No more asking how or why It's enough to be alive So come on every girl and boy Make the choice to live in joy The time is now, no need to wait Uh-huh, celebrate, celebrate And don't leave it up to fate Come on, celebrate, celebrate Stop asking for a reason Cause there is no better season Winter, spring, summer or fall I just celebrate them all a Birthdays come once a year Christmas, Thanksgiving too But every moment is the perfect time To express your gratitude Thank you, Bodie Speak the time is now, no need to wait Uh-huh, celebrate, celebrate Don't leave it up to fate Come on, celebrate, celebrate Stop waiting your whole life For the moment to arrive Is to make your life a dance Celebrate life, celebrate peace, celebrate you, celebrate me Celebrate every day of the week Celebrate laughter, celebrate hugs, celebrate joy and celebrate love Celebrate all of the above Celebrate, celebrate Na 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 Uh huh Na 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 Hey hey love Na 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 Ooh 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 Na 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 Uh huh Na 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 Hey hey love Na 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 Ooh 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 Na 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 So free your mind and free your soul. It's never too late and you're never too old. So celebrate while we're still here. And fill your heart with joy and cheer.